Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Well, my name is David. I'm one of the pastors here, and I have the privilege of bringing the Word to you today. I'm excited. I hope that you're ready. Today, my goal is to provoke you. I hope that today you walk out of this place with a new sense of authority. You know, uh, the message for today is the authority of the believer. That's what I'm speaking on. And what I've seen and what I've found is that oftentimes, not across the board, but oftentimes in the American church, there's not a big distinction between the people in the church and the people in the world. And the reason for this, sometimes it's for you know hypocrisy and people are living in sin and, and all of that stuff, but that's actually not even what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is there are believers who are happy and satisfied with being called a Christian based on a different moral code that they follow. We're going to get there. <laughs> Sometimes what I'm talking about is that there are believers, and if you're one of the people that I'm talking about, there's no condemnation, but there is a call. Sometimes believers are satisfied being nice people, but we've not been called to be nice people. We've called to be powerful people. We've not just been called to be people that are, that are good people. We're called to be holy. We're not just called to be uh, do-gooders. We're called to be anointed. And so when we come to our life, we have to be careful not to settle for less than what God has commanded. Amen. Just because you feel like you're doing better than the person next to you doesn't mean you're in obedience. Amen. Just because you feel good about the things that you've done and the things that you've given or what, that doesn't mean that you're living to the full call and potential that is on your life. Amen. Obedience is a lot bigger than that, and oftentimes more costly. But today, I, I want to just look at how Jesus laid this out for us. You know, I, I just, do you like being around people that, that have authority? I don't know if you've ever been around someone, it doesn't, I'm not even talking about like a position of authority, I'm just talking about like they, they are confident in who they are, you know? I, I like being around people like that, whether it's at the grocery store or whether it's somewhere else. Uh, you know, sometimes you walk around with people like that and they're like, okay, we're gonna go do this right now. And you say, well, are, are we allowed to do that? Like, yeah, come on, come on, let's go, let's do it. Well, we're doing it, all right. I, I don't know if we're gonna get in trouble or if it's gonna go great, but we're, we're going. I like being around people like that because they make me uncomfortable. I, I like not saying, well, okay, well, at least 
we're, you know, and then you kind of like ask them and they're like, well, if, if this is this and that's that, then this is this, right? And you're like, yeah, uh, okay, all right, yeah, I guess we're doing this. Authority oftentimes flies in the face of expectations because authority is not something that the world wants you to have. It's something that Jesus has bestowed on you. And so if you begin to operate in authority, you will receive pushback, but at least you're walking in your calling. You know, as believers, I'm gonna read this text in just one moment, but it's important that we understand this. We are not in a time of peace. We are in a time of war. And as believers, we are to look at our calling as a wartime calling. I grew up in a military family. I'm going to tell you some stories about that today. But one of the things about being in a military family is that you understand authority. You see, in authority, uh, excuse me, during wartime in the military, if you receive an order, you don't ask questions. You just do it. And you salute, you know. Uh, I... It's so funny because I grew up, uh, I, I had to say yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, to everybody. And I would always have people saying, I'm not old enough for you to call me sir. I'm, I said, well, whether you're old enough or not, you're older than me. And my dad says, I gotta say yes sir, so it's yes sir. That's how I grew up. There was a sense of authority, and, and so I believe that the Bible teaches us that we are to operate with a military authority in our call and in our walk with Jesus. Turn to your your believer. Turn to your neighbor, who (laughs) hopefully is a believer. Uh, Turn to your neighbor and say, I have authority. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you have authority. We'll see if we believe that when we walk out of here. Mark chapter one, verse nine. If you have that, you could turn there. We're gonna have it on the screens. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. The spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness And he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Skip down to verse 21. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. Interesting, 
Those were the religious leaders of the day. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Isn't it interesting that the people in the room didn't know who he was, but the spirit realm did? But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Jesus, right now we are asking, O God, Lord, that we would receive the authority that you have already given to us. I pray that we would operate, O God, from a place of your victory that you purchased on the cross and that you secured through your resurrection. I pray that we would begin to operate, O God, with the confidence that you had when you were walking on this earth. And I pray, Lord, that as we carry out your work and do your bidding, that you would enable us to accomplish your purposes. We love you and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read a passage to you. It's in Matthew. This is probably you're familiar with this. It's it's part of the it's called the Great Commission. And this is something that has been given to you and I. We have been given a call. We have been given a command. And because we're in the military, we have to obey. In the military, you don't have options. You don't get to weigh whether it was a good command or a bad command. It was a command, and so you follow it. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus has given us a command because he says all authority. Everyone say all authority. All authority in heaven and on earth. In other words, in the spirit realm and in the natural, all authority has been given to me. Go. I'm the boss of everything. Go. I'm in charge of all opposition, even if they're in rebellion against me. Go. We're getting closer. Today, I want us to understand something through the example of this passage in Mark, where Jesus 
goes, and the, the, the progression of events here is significant because the first thing that happens with Jesus is he's baptized in the Jordan River. I love this passage. It's one of my favorites in all of scripture because it gives me so much confidence and hope and understanding in what I'm supposed to be doing today. It says that he was baptized in the Jordan and when he came out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open. Notice they'd never closed. And the spirit descending on him like a dove and it didn't leave. The heavens were torn open and the spirit descended on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. You see, your authority is anchored through an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you ever been in a scenario where someone told you to do something and it sounded so crazy that you're like, did you get permission to tell me that? You know, sometimes my kids will come to me and, and I'll hear them uh, and I'll say, hey, go tell your brother and sister to go do this. And they'll say, hey, uh, you need to go do this. And they're like, why? And they say, because dad said so. He did? Yeah, he did. And sometimes they'll run up and they'll ask me, they'll say, hey, did you say to do this? Yes, I said to do that. I think that sometimes, if we're honest, as a church, we live in a perpetual state of questioning if we really heard from God or not. We live in this perpetual state where we're wondering, did God really say? Isn't that the first temptation that the enemy used to deceive Eve? Did God really say that? Do I really, do I really have permission to do this? Do I really have the authority to say this? You know, when, if you've ever had to lead anything, if you've ever had to, uh, to, to be a boss or be in charge of other people, you know that at a certain point when people ask you for permission, it gets annoying. Have you noticed that? You're, you're like, okay, so here's the deal. We gotta do X, Y, and Z, and, and we're gonna carry it out, and this is how it's gonna be done, and you do this, and you do that, and you do this. Okay, everybody good? Yes, okay, good. Everybody goes, and then somebody comes back. Uh, excuse me. Um, are you sure you want me to do this? Yes, that's what I just said. You do that. On the flip side of that, the person that all of us are looking for is the person that comes and they ask questions in the beginning. They say, wait, so you want us to do this because you're trying to accomplish this? Yes, that's right. Okay, so let's say that it's building a house. Okay, so you, here's the, blue, the blueprints. Okay, so you want all of this to be done with steel, not wood. Yes, that's right, steel, not wood. Okay, and you want all of this to be made in three months. Yes, that's right, I want it to be made in three months, which is a miracle construction project, but <laughs> you want all of this to be made. Yes, yes, that's what I want. Okay, and so you wanna make sure that everything is done to the top notch, no corners cut. Yes, that's right, I don't want any corners to be cut. Okay, great. 
then that person then goes and they are able to carry out a job and they don't have to ask if they need to buy this material or that material. They don't need to ask if they should do it this way or that way because they know it's gonna be the best way because that's the way the boss wants it. They already understand the heart and intention of their boss. And so, guess what happens? When a problem comes, what do they do? They just solve it. Because they say, I know what the boss would want done right now. So many times, we as believers, we've been given the signed checks, we've been given the blueprints, but when a problem arises, what we do is we question if God actually wants to fix it. When you see someone in need, what's the solution? You figure it out. When you see someone who's sick, what's the solution? You figure it out. When you see something that is not in order, what's the solution? You figure it out. Why do I say you figure it out? Because God has already given you the authority to figure it out. He's already answered the questions. I'm not saying that we don't need the leading of the Holy Spirit to give us in precise direction on how it's to be done. But the question is not if it should be done, it's how. Okay. You guys good? I hope you're provoked. Listen, I, you know, um, I grew up in a military family, as I stated earlier, and so one of the things that I always saw was I saw my dad in uniform, and I saw him, you know, uh, we would walk around on base, and when you're in uniform and someone else is, is in the military, then, then you salute if they're uh, a higher rank than you. I mean, it's just, you know, you're, you're walking on the street, and it's, you know, you salute, right? I don't even remember what they say. It's like, Hello, sir. I don't remember, but but you you give them the respect. You you acknowledge the authority that they carry, right? So this is my dad. So because he's my dad, I kind of like you know I would give my dad a hard time. You know I would I would tease him about things and you know uh, uh, never disrespectful. But we would banter back and forth. Well, I shouldn't say never. There was times that I was disrespectful, but we would. We would, he has a good sense of humor. Not quite as good as mine, but he has a good sense of humor. So we would joke back and forth. And so when we would be on base, sometimes I would be with him and people would be saluting him and I'd be like, look at you. Like, you know, everybody's saluting you. But at the same time, when he would tell me to do something, I did it. Because I knew what would happen if I didn't. So, Sometimes your authority is going to be tested. Amen. Amen. Come on, Pastor. I want you to understand something. There's, there's a difference between understanding your authority and walking in your authority. Amen. The enemy does not want you to walk in your authority. He's cool if you understand it. Just don't walk in it. 
It, you know, to be honest with you, I don't even think the devil is too concerned about you sitting in church as long as you don't do what you're supposed to do. If, if he has a group of people that are just nice and kind, but not fully obedient, he's, he's okay with that because he knows he's containing a beast. You know, um, I've, I've heard that elephants have an incredible memory. And the way the elephants are contained, I don't, is, is they put a, a chain on them when they're, when they're small. And they keep the, 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 the leash short. This is for domesticated elephants. And so the way that they used to do it was these, these uh, stakes that were in the ground would hold the baby elephant. But over time, the full-grown elephant would still obey the chain that was there, even though they could easily pull it out. And I think that what happens is the enemy tries to get you to fall when you're a young believer, and he tries to push back hard when you try to take a step of faith for God because he says, I don't want them to understand the kind of power and authority that they actually have. I just want them to remember the failure so that they don't try anything in the future. Your authority is going to be tested. What happened to Jesus is it says that immediately he was sent out into the wilderness. You know what's interesting about that is that in the wilderness, you would think that in the wilderness, that's the place where, uh, you know, it would be the hardest. But I, I believe that what happened was in the wilderness was the place where Jesus was actually the most taken care of, the most anointed. He was fasting, which we would think, well, he was weak, yes, but in the spirit, he was stronger. He was in the wilderness. There was no noise of all of the, the, the noise of the world. He was in quiet communion with God. The Holy Spirit was resting on him, and he was in the wilderness. And so that's when the devil came. But what did the devil come? What did the first thing that the devil did? If you are the son of God. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to turn to bread. Do you have that passage? If you could turn Matthew chapter four, verse three, look at this. Do we have that text? Matthew chapter four. Thank you. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, Jesus, he knew. He says, wait a second. I have already encountered the Holy Spirit and he told me who I am. I have been baptized and when I was baptized, the Father gave me the affirmation that I needed. The Father spoke to me and told me who I am. You see, when you are a son, you carry the authority of the Father. When you are a son, what Jesus did when he came to the earth, when God the Father said, this is my son, what he was doing was clarifying for the entire world and for Jesus. He says, this person, he looks like me. He talks like me. He acts like me. And he now has the authority that I have. When... 
When we look at Jesus, it's important that we understand Philippians chapter two, which Pastor Tim quoted earlier. It says that Jesus, he laid aside the, the benefits of being God. He put them aside and he took on the form of a servant. What does that mean? It means that Jesus did not pull the God card. It means that when Jesus was operating in the authority that he was operating in, it was based upon the Holy Spirit anointing him and the declaration of the Father over him. And so as he was doing the work of the Lord, he was doing it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. He was in obedience, constant obedience, and he was the perfect image of God the Father. And so when the enemy came to test him, he was able to push back. He said, no, the word of God says. Notice that, that the enemy said, if you are the son of God. And Jesus didn't say, oh no, I'm the son of God. Because Jesus didn't need to answer the devil's questions. Jesus didn't need to acknowledge the doubt that the devil was trying to plant. Jesus didn't need any affirmation from him. You see, when you receive the affirmation from the Father alone, when you receive the affirmation from heaven, then when the whole world doubts you, you don't care. How do you get that confidence? You get alone with Jesus. You get alone with the Father. And you don't leave until you believe what he says. Get alone with God. Listen, I'm telling you right now, the people that are alone with God, the people that are intimate with God, Leonard Ravenhill said, the people that are, men that are intimate with God are not intimidated by man. Because when you're intimate with God, you hear the voice of the Father over you, and when other people doubt you, it is irrelevant. You are operating in obedience to your master. So look at this. Your your authority is gonna be tested. So, okay, so you you know my dad was in the military, so I remember one time we were at a a restaurant, and as we're at this restaurant, uh, he was in civilian clothes, and um, we were just outside of the base, and so there was a lot of military people around. This is in uh, uh, Camp Pendleton. And uh, we're at uh, Old Country Buffet. Come on. <laughs> Bang for your buck. As much fried chicken as you can eat. And uh, don't, don't lose me now, okay? <laughs> Stay with me just a little bit longer. So we were at Old Country Buffet. We're waiting in the line there. And I remember, um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a phrase that uh, they cuss like a sailor. You probably heard that before. Well, the reason for that is because sailors cuss a lot. And so I remember we were standing in line, and there were some Marines. And don't call a Marine a sailor, even though they are, because they're in the Navy. They're technically a branch of the Navy. Um, just don't have that conversation with Pastor Edgar. Um, they get offended. They say that the Navy is their taxi service. So anyways, it doesn't matter. So 
we were there, and these guys were just, they were cussing up a storm. And I remember I was there, uh, my, my family was there, my little sister was there, and my dad was just kind of like, hmm, hmm. And so he's like, you know what? These guys are in the military. This is like, they, they, need, to, they need to shape up. And so he went to them and he said, hey guys, you know, I got my family here. He's like, do you think you could keep the language down and just like chill out a little bit? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. So he's like, thanks. So he walks away and you'd think that they like, they went even farther. They just kept going louder. And so my dad, what these guys didn't know is that my dad was an officer in the military. And so he went up to them after that and they just kept going. And I'll never forget this moment because I remember looking at my dad. I'm like, I'm kind of like watching, like what's going down now? And he goes over to them. He says, excuse me. They're like, what? He says, what's your name, rank, battalion, and commanding officer's name? And they went. All the the, the guy's friends, they just left. They're like, I don't know who he is. I don't, you know, they just, they just like walked away. They like turned away. They're like, don't let him see my face, you know? Because they didn't know that my dad was in the military and that he was an officer. You see, in the military, when you disobey an an officer, someone that's a higher rank than you, you can have serious repercussions. They can dock your pay. They can actually lock you up on base in a military base. The laws that are out here do not apply in there. They they have all sorts of fun things that they can do. (laughs) And so this guy was freaked out. Why? My dad wasn't trying to go on a power trip. He was just saying, these guys need to operate in a way with the decorum that a military, uh, um, that someone in the military should. And so he went to them and he confronted them. Sometimes, I think that what happens is you go into a situation and you don't realize that you're being tested by the enemy. The enemy is pushing back on your authority. The enemy's saying, really? Are you really gonna say that? Are you really gonna tell your coworker that? Are you really gonna push back and try to, try to, you know, pray for this person? You, do you know what you did last week? Are you really a child of God? Do you really carry that kind of authority? And you know what? Oftentimes, because we don't have the confidence that comes from being in the presence of God, we say, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. I can, you know. God bless you, you know. Instead of accomplishing the mission, the Lord convicted me on this recently. I didn't say this in the last service, but the Lord convicted me on this recently because the Lord said to me, I was was praying and he was like, okay, so if I tell you to do something and if you sense something in your spirit and I've led you to do that, just because someone says no or it doesn't go, 
Do you think that that gives you permission to not do what I told you to do? Just because it didn't totally pan out, do you have the permission to stop doing what I asked you to do? Now, if he told me to pray for someone, then I pray for someone. If he shows me something and my heart is prompted to bless someone, then I need to bless them. What if they resist? I still need to bless them. What if they doubt me? Well, that's normal. Lots of people doubt me. But I don't need them to believe in me. I need them to believe based on the evidence that they see in me. And how are they going to do that unless I believe what God has said about me first? Your authority will be tested. But your responsibility has not changed. Listen, when you're in a battle, nobody gives up their, their authority to you. You have to take it away. That's why you're fighting. Do you realize that when Jesus came to the earth, what he did is he says, okay, guys, what we're doing here is this is a hostile takeover. We're not looking for, for people to, to like volunteer. This is a hostile takeover. We are going into the enemy's camp and we are taking back what I purchased on the cross. And you have all the authority and all the power that is all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And so I say to you, go. If something stands in between you and accomplishing what God has called you to do, that thing has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. If that sickness, if that is death, if that is opposition, if that is slander, whatever it is, you push through and you say, in Jesus' name, this wall is coming down. If you heard it from the Father, you'll believe it in the field. Your authority has a larger jurisdiction than you think. Listen to this. I missed this verse. I got to go back to it. Acts chapter 19, verse 11 through 16. And it says, this is, this is just crazy. I love this passage because it challenges my mind. It offends my mind. You, be happy when you get offended and you read the Bible. It means that God is expanding your horizons and he's helping you to understand that your authority is larger than what you thought. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. Notice, I love that he made a distinction between normal miracles and extraordinary miracles. Because for the believer, miracles are normal. But these are extraordinary miracles. So that even the handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick. And their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. <laughs> Can you imagine? Somebody gets a handkerchief. They're like, okay, that one. Yeah, he's possessed by a demon. Okay, well, you got the handkerchief, right? Yeah, okay. You're like, 
don't even know how that worked. But it did. So all of these things were happening. And you know, sometimes when you're around people that carry a lot of authority, you kind of think, you're like, oh, I could do that, you know? And it says, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the, uh, excuse me, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. (laughs) But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I recognize. Interesting. Paul, he says, yeah, Paul has the authority of Jesus. Yes, okay, I know both of those guys. But who are you? (laughs) These guys didn't know God. (laughs) They didn't have a relationship with Jesus, and so they went into territory that was uncharted because they thought that their authority was based on like an incantation, that just because you say the name Jesus, that all of a sudden you have authority. But Paul understood, no, I don't only come with the name of Jesus, I come with the authority of Jesus based on the calling of Jesus because Jesus says that I am his son. And the man in whom was the evil spirits leaped on them, mastered all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Don't try to operate in authority that doesn't belong to you. However, when you have authority, use it. Listen, your authority has a larger jurisdiction than you think. I remember... um, I remember because I was, my dad was in the military, we lived on a military base. And so I remember uh, I would drive his car sometimes when I was in high school. And when I would come on the base, there was a sticker on the window. Now at the time, I had an Afro, if you could believe that. I spent a lot of time at the beach. We lived in California. I was not in the military. I was definitely the son of someone who was in the military. And so every time I would drive up, they would see this kid sometimes in like ripped shirts, maybe no shirt because I just came from the beach with a big Afro driving onto a military base. And these guys had machine guns or shotguns or whatever. And they're in, you know, they're standing guard. They're, they're serious. And they would see me drive up and they would go, Hold on, we don't let people like you on here. They would tell me to stop, and then they would see the sticker on the window. And when they would see the sticker on the window, it had my dad's rank. And when they saw my dad's rank, because it was an officer and they were enlisted, they had to salute. So I would drive up. These guys were like serious, way older than me. Like they worked hard to do what they do and they were serious about it. And they would see this goofball, this Afro driving up in this broken up minivan. And then they would see the sticker and they would go. I would say, have a good day. 
sometimes we look at ourselves and we say, yeah, but I can't do all that stuff. Oh, I don't know. You know, this is what happens to me so often. It happens to all the pastors. People come up and they say, pastor, can you please pray for that? And I say, well, did you pray? Just because I have the title pastor, does that mean that I'm holier than you are? Does that mean that I carry a different uh, um, uh, commission than you do? Are you a child of God? Can you heal the sick and raise the dead? Yes. Can you see the, the, the forces of darkness push back? Yes. So, so then what happens? I remember, I'll never forget. I remember someone, uh, this is back in the early days. I was just attending the church and I remember some, somebody came in the door and they said, hey, is it, they, it, was, it was back at Troy and they said, hey, is a pastor here? I need someone. I want to talk to a pastor so that he could pray for me. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. Let me go back and get one. I went back and I, t I said, hey, Pastor Toledo, there's a guy here. He says he needs to talk to a pastor. He's like, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm, I'm getting the pastor. He says, are you telling me you can't go pray for someone? I said, no, I guess I can. I'm gonna go, let me go, let me go talk to him. Receive the authority that has been given to you. Don't think that it's because you're something special. It was given to you based on the merits of what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus purchased your authority. You didn't earn it. Do you hear that? Jesus purchased your authority. You did not earn it. So don't act like you did. But don't not use it. When I would drive up to the gate, even though they saw, what kind of a joker is this? They still had to salute the rank that I was carrying. And you know what? When you come up against the evil forces of darkness, they look at you. They know. They're like, man, this person, they're a sinner. They're all this. And so they're going to tell you that you can't say this. You can't say this. And then you say, in the name of Jesus. I didn't come here on my own authority. I came here on a command that was greater than me. You better obey. I love how Jesus is here. He's trying to preach a message. He's trying to preach a message. None of the religious leaders acknowledge him. Nobody acknowledges him except for the devil. The devil says, hey, I know who you are. You can hear his voice cracking in there. I know who you are. What, what are you going to do to me now? Or did you come to, to, to punish me? You come, is it time? Because you know the devil knows he's on time limit. Did you, is it now? Is it now? Or am I going to, are you going to judge me now? Jesus said, I'm preaching. Be quiet and come out. I'm doing something right now. You need to be quiet and you need to come out. When you go, you operate based on the authority that Jesus gives to you. Amen. Let me tell you something. Look at this. We're about to close. I have too many Bible verses, but that's okay. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 through 20. And let's have the band come up because we're going to respond. 
And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't heal him. You ever prayed for someone and it didn't work? I've done that before. Does that give you the permission to not pray for anybody else? Okay, just checking. And Jesus answered, Oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, Hey, guys, I'm not always going to be here, right here. You have to learn how to operate from the authority of my name instead of just me being there. So then he says, he says, bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, because of your little faith. Faith in what? In the name of Jesus. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Everybody say, nothing will be impossible for you. He said, wait, say to that mountain, get up and move. Now let me ask you a question. What mountain has an opposition against the kingdom of God? Can you think of one? I don't know of any. Why when Jesus was walking to Jerusalem and he saw a fig tree that wasn't even in season, not bearing fruit, he says, I curse this fig tree, you'll never bear fruit again. Why would he do that? Because he believed that he had authority over it. Jesus used a fig tree to teach a lesson to his disciples. And he's saying here, you have authority not just over the spirit realm, but even in the physical. Come on. I'm, I'm, it's right there. I'm not making this up. What did Adam have authority over? The animals and the land. What stands in your way? What is in opposition to the kingdom of God in your life? You have authority with a larger jurisdiction than you think. You receive revelation and faith explores what is possible. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Ephesians 6 says this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and, done, and having done all to stand, stand firm therefore. Listen, God has called you to stand firm. He has called you to say, my battle is not against this person. It's not against my boss. It's against the spiritual forces in the heavenly places. 
and God has given you an anointing to be able to direct and command evil forces out of the way. Listen, do you think the people are not possessed by the devil anymore? You better believe they are. Do you think that the devil is not scared of Jesus anymore? You better believe he is. Do you think that, Jesus, that the enemy has to salute when Jesus gives a command? Yes, he does. So who's doing his work? Who's doing his work? Are we supposed to be carrying out the Great Commission or is God gonna come up with some other way? There is no plan B, you are plan A. Come on, open up your hands and your heart to Jesus right now. We trust you, Jesus. We don't need to pray that God would give us authority. God already gave us authority. We need to pray that we would receive and operate in the authority that we have already been given. Today is a day to provoke you to step outside of the bounds of what has been laid previously for you. It's to break the chains of what you thought you were limited to. Just because it didn't work in the past doesn't mean that the authority doesn't work. It just means we need to go back to the presence and say, God, what are you doing now? I do only what I see the Father doing. 